the best, the worst of 2017 Part 2. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. mimosas or a bloody mary you a little bit tipsy mel maybe a little bit just a little don't make for a fun podcast okay i'm always up for a fun podcast mel uh also joining me we have dan pierce welcome dan how's it going and mo walker welcome hi everybody you were telling me beforehand that you were a little bit under the weather last week, so I just want to commend you for being a trooper and recording the podcast, because apparently you don't remember half of it. Maybe you were doing a little bit drinking, but I'll take you at your word and say that it was a cold. Oh, it was definitely a cold. It wasn't any drinking other than cough syrup, and yeah, so I apologize if I just sounded a little, if I was ranting or whatever, because I was a little out of it. But I am feeling a bit. I am feeling a lot better this week. So we're. This is the part two of the year-end podcast. Normally we don't do a two-part episode. That's sort of a daytime confidential thing. But because I made a mix-up, you'll want to listen to episode one to find out what went down. We're recording part two. So kicking things off, Melody, who is your female entertainer, TV entertainer of 2017? My female TV entertainer of 2017, for me, it couldn't be anyone other than Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black. Just for the sheer fact that she plays 20,000 characters and I forget that it's just her playing these characters. Such a fantastic actress. Um, She really just commands the screen in her 27,000 roles. I feel like she works hard, (laughs) harder than a lot of them out there. Not saying the hardest because, hey, you never know. But for me, it had to be her. Okay. Uh, Dan, who do you have for female entertainer of 2000, TV entertainer of 2017? I have Katie Lotz from uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Sarah Lance went through a lot of stuff this year uh, between dealing with uh, Rip and then becoming the captain and then having to adjust to her new role within the team dynamic and still processing the grief of her sister and then breaking time and just having to deal with like doubles of themselves while, you know, in the middle of world war one and all of that stuff. And there's just, there's been a lot of stuff this year and she's really brought it. She showed a lot of different emotional range. Um, and she's added a lot of new layers to the character of Sarah Lance that weren't previously there. And for that, I have to give it up to her. Okay. Mo, who do you have? Like Mel, it's Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black. I mean, for five seasons, our girl played 2000 and I actually want to say the one because it, it just seemed like she invented she she came out she would occasionally pull out like a spare character out of the closet like the time she she portrayed a male clone but or rather I believe that was a trans transgender clone but anyway the a- actress was superb she she didn't miss a beat even when the show's plot seemed to go off rails Tatiana brought it 
I, I loved every character that she portrayed. She was able to individualize every character. There was a distinct difference between Crystal and Sarah. And for that, I had to give it to Tatiana because this was Orphan Black's final season. Okay. Excellent choices, but you guys didn't pick mine. Um, mine is Lena Headey of Game of Thrones for Cersei Lannister, because while Cersei isn't my favorite character on the show, there is no one for uh, that is just more visceral while being cool. Like the glare that Lena has Cersei deliver the look of like terror when the white not not when the white walker but when like the white walker zombie like came out and was at the meeting that was fantastic the look of panic and then to have it turn around and flip it and she's using it to her advantage and she's just cold as ice Sansa old granny Tyrell those are definitely my female or favorite female characters of um, Game of Thrones, but Lena Headey as Cersei Lannister is flawless in her pure calculated evil that is just at the same time visceral, and I think she does a fantastic job of it. Male entertainer, of, TV entertainer of 2017. Melody, who do you have? I'm Mr. Kit Harrington. Jon Snow, who knows nothing, just because I was trying to think of, you know, who's really been all over the place, whose story had so much going on. And for me, it couldn't have, it couldn't be anyone other than him. I mean, his character came back from the dead. He has to lead the North, the Wall and everyone against the White Walkers. He also gave Khaleesi a couple inches of snow. I mean, the man had a lot going on this, this season. So... I just I couldn't think of anyone else who was really just all over the place other than him. Okay, Dan, who do you have? I have Ian McShane uh, for American Gods. Mister Wednesday was just putting on such a performance that, like, just Ian McShane really like. I I had to look this up. Apparently, and I didn't know this. He's seventy eight years old, and I'm like, wow. If I am as talented at 78 as he is at 78 just in anything that i do i like that that i i wow just it my jaw was on the floor um he like the scenes he had with uh shadow um with ricky whittle and stuff and his chemistry with pretty much any character he's just dynamic it was a great year for them, and I'm really excited for season two, even though I'm very scared about all of the production changes that they're currently going through. Okay, Mo, who do you have as male uh, TV entertainer of 2017? Well, actually, this is my tie. Oh, is it? I have a tie. Look, look at this. I am trading my podcast co-host so well. It <laughs> warms the podcaster heart of mine. Who do you have, Mo? So, one, I have Ted Danson, who portrays a character named Michael in The Good Place, which is an NBC comedy. Probably the biggest thing the, with uh, The Good Place, it's about a group of characters who are stuck in this afterlife, but it really isn't where they think it is. Uh, Ted Danson's character, Michael, is the facilitator of said um, alter afterlife place. He undergoes such a transformation in terms of character from season 
one which ended at the beginning of 2017 and when season two picked up in the fall of 2017 his character at um had undergone this interesting arc and it's still developing as a character. And what you thought, uh, Ted Danson just, he can go from dramatic to just hysterically funny on the, on the uh, flip of a dime. He's very, very engaging. And just, you wouldn't believe it's Ted, Ted Danson, uh, other than you can look at his face and it's Ted Danson. He is di very different than what he was portrayed over the years in Cheers and some of the other things he's done. Um, now, my other male entertainer of 2017 goes to Will Arnett for his Netflix series, BoJack Horseman, in which Will Arnett voices the anthropomorphized lead character, BoJack, who is this uh, celebrity who's just dealing with the highs and lows of stardom, and he's really selling you know, not only just how much of a schluck and, and how much of a horrible horse person that he is, but at the same time, Bojack is, is, is teaching us and in, in, in showing us that the, the depths of his depression and is, is there's a lot to d dig into that show, um, just not just visually, because it's very interesting seeing the anthropomorphized horses and other creatures uh, and the humans interact but just the portrayal of Will Arnett in, in this show is just so powerful that you will go from laughing at one minute to really feeling for Bojack when he's really screwed up and fucked up. He's really screwed up his life and destroyed the people that who, who want to love him. Okay. Well, Dan, you and I agree. Ian McShane as Mr. Wednesday on American Gods is my pick. Um, I first watched McShane on Deadwood. That's where I really, that's the, the, the television show for which I know that I realized who he was and was cognizant of it. I know that he's been other, in other things that I've probably seen him in from time to time, but it wasn't until his dead, uh, Deadwood role that I was, I really latched on to him as an actor. He was so good in American Gods. It, it was pretty much flawless. Then after him having appeared in Game of Thrones, which it wasn't as great, but uh, American Gods, he was back in fine Deadwood form, and I absolutely loved it. Now, I did have honorable mentions in this category. I thought that Toby Stevens as Captain Flint on Black Sails was phenomenal, and I also had um, Malcolm Barrett as Rufus on Timeless for my honorable mentions for Male Entertainer. TV or film villain of 2017. Mel, who was all up in villainy for you? For me, Sentinel Services from The Gifted. I thought this was such an interesting spin on the Sentinels from the X-Men. I, I really loved it that it's, you know, there's still these robots, but it's also humans involved. They haven't quite figured out how to make them the all-powerful robots yet. Um, the main guy, I can't think of his name right now, but the main um, cop, Sentinel cop, I feel like mm -hmm. he's really, you know, he's a troubled guy because he lost his daughter. And you almost want to root for him, but he's such a dick. You can't do it. So I, I really thought that was a really great spin on a traditional comic book villain. So there we go. Dan, who do you have? I, I I can't believe I'm the first one to say. I can't believe Mel didn't pick this, but I have Cersei Lannister. Come on. 
like the way she treated the Martells and the Tyrells and her conquests and her desire to kill before she gets killed and the way she commands the mountain, the way she commands our room just with a look, I, it can't be anyone else. I Lena Headey is fantastic and I I'm really excited to see where the story ends. I actually sort of hope that she is the one character of Game of Thrones that doesn't die in the end, because I would love to see her get a comeuppance, but not necessarily death. Mo, who do you have for villain of 2017? Well, like Mel, it's also an X-Men villain, but it's from a different X-Men related show. Mine is, is the Shadow King from FX's Legion. The Shadow King is a psionic entity. He was screwing throughout the, the first season with the lead character, David Holler's mind, just playing with him, not just uh, David's, but also the other people in David's life. He wanted to possess David. He created these very trippy, weird scenarios for David. It was very psychedelic, all because he wanted to get back at David's father, a.k.a. Professor Charles Xavier. My pick for villain of the year is Cheryl Blossom on Riverdale because she is the villain I love to hate or hate to love. I can't decide which it is. I love this character so much. She walks into a room. Everyone snaps to attention or she makes them snap to attention. She comes with the quips, whether it's about Archie's dad being hot or anything else. Her style is almost on point. I would love a, a like some sort of Riverdale Game of Thrones crossover in which Cersei and Cheryl are like teaming up in some way. It would be a geek dream come true. So for me, Cheryl Blossom on Riverdale. That brings us to the hero of 2017. Who was it for you, Mel? Okay, so I know this is the podcast, and we make the rules up as I go along. So this is my I make the rules up as I go uh, along. No, 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 no. That is me who makes the rules up. That is not well, your today, place, Well, today it's me. So how about that? Oh, okay. I have, okay. Actually, I have three heroes, and they are... I'm team from Timeless, Lucy, Wyatt, and Rufus. They are my three heroes because, yes, they go back in time and they try to prevent Garcia Flynn from screwing everything up. But inevitably, everything kind of gets screwed up, but not too bad to where no one knows what happens. So they always come out on top, our heroes. I love them so much. I just I couldn't pick anyone other than the time team. Okay, Dan, who do you have? I I have Ray from uh, Star Wars, uh, Last Jedi, and you know just generally Star Wars. Uh, did... For a moment, because you're such a, a Legends of Tomorrow fan, I thought you were going with that one. Oh, oh no, no, it was like when you said the right. I like I noticed that you before you said Star Wars, I was like he doesn't have a the in front of it. Okay, keep. Yeah, going. no, I I'm going with Ray from uh, Star Wars. Daisy Ridley does a great job of conveying all of the layers of emotion and history that we don't necessarily know of uh, with her eyes and with her portrayal of the character. Uh, it was a good year for Ray. Um, yeah, she went through a lot of struggles. Yeah, she did a lot of training. Yeah, there was the whole. Uh, mind skyping with uh, Ben Solo, but on the plus side, she is now the only hope of the Jedi Order. So there's that. Um, 
but I'm really excited to see where the character goes. Uh, it's just an overall good year for Ray. We have not discussed Star Wars The Last Jedi, I don't think, on this podcast um, as like a review. I have issues. Uh, Mo, who do you have for Hero of 2017 TV or film? It can only be Wonder Woman! Yeah, Wonder Woman ruled 2017 on the big screen. I mean, she had her own movie, plus she co-starred in another movie. And I'll just leave it. Oh, no. She was the lead of that movie. Everybody else was her co-star. This is true. She was Beyonce. She was the Queen Bee. She was Beyonce in Justice League. Okay? okay. I will I will say that. But, yeah. I mean, it, just fans of the character. I've been a fan of Wonder Woman for so many decades. I did not. I grew up watching the Linda Carter show in rerun. I'm a big fan of the Wonder Woman comics. And, and so you just see the character on screen and full majesty and just conquer the box office and then to take the lead in justice league was just it it was just everything that i ever wanted for that character and i hope that when we get her sequel it doesn't suffer for uh, sequelitis and that it's even bigger and better i am so glad we did not get the wonder woman tv show my hero of 2017 is Rufus Carlin from Timeless. It, that character is such a powerful character to watch him go through and travel through time. I, we've discussed this before, but it's one of those things where it's mentioned on the po- it was mentioned on the show or we mentioned or Mel I think maybe mentioned on the podcast, but it was like, yeah, we're going through time, but a lot of time is not a, a great place for a black man um, in the like history. And to see how Malcolm portrayed Rufus going through time, being faced with the realities of the past and the conflicts of the present, he did it so well. And every time I think about someone who he's just an average Joe. Yes, he's a scientist, but he's an average Joe and he does this. It gives me hope for the present. This brings us to movies. Male and female entertainer of 2017 are the next two categories. Mel, who do you have for female entertainer, film entertainer of 2017? How, how does that theme music go, Mo? One woman, um, Miss Gal Gadot. Who else is it gonna be? She was the queen. She is the queen. The movie was fantastic. She did such a great job in it. I talked about it on the other podcast. You know, just this representation of women on top doing the thing. It sets the example for young girls as well. I loved it, and I hope she keeps doing what she's doing. I can't wait till we get the second movie. Um, it's gonna be great. Dan, we are two for two right now. Uh, I also have Gal Gadot uh, for Wonder Woman. Um, I have loved watching her since Giselle debuted in Fast Four. Uh, I, I, you know, as much as I miss Giselle, I'm okay with losing her if we get Wonder Woman because holy cow, can she play the heck out of Diana Prince? Because she, like, she's just so talented and so perfect for the role. And 2017 was her year, plain and simple. Okay. Three for three, Miss Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. 
my co-host has already said everything I need to say on the on the actress. Let's make it four. Gal Gadot, my pick for female entertainer of 2017 in film. She was fantastic. It helps that she has a kick-ass theme song because when she's making her moves and going across battlefields, there's there are a few things as inspiring as her theme song to go along with it, and you're like, get them, girl, get them. Uh, male fi- uh, film entertainer of 2017, Mel. Um, I really enjoyed Mark Ruffalo in Thor Ragnarok. I thought he did a really great job, you know, playing the Hulk. He always does a great job. He's kind of been my favorite Hulk these past couple of years. But when he finally unhulks and becomes Bruce Banner again, you see always his constant struggle and him trying to fight off the Hulk, but be this really brilliant scientist at the same time. I really loved all of that. And it kind of just stuck with me. So with all the movies we had and all the TV we had for that to stick with me, it was a lot. So I had to go with him. Damn. I'm going with Mark Hamill. Uh, Star Wars Last Jedi. Yeah, no. Um, as difficult as the movie was, like, just leading up to it and all of the hype and stuff, it delivered some of the deepest Luke Skywalker we, we've we ever had. Um, just in terms of understanding his journey and what it means to be the only Jedi left and all of these different things that he's had to deal with and that he struggles with and the emotions of being, you know, Vader's son and Leia's brother and all of like who he is to so many other people. And I just thought Mark Hamill did a fantastic job on top of it. He's been like just such a great role model for so many people for so many years that I couldn't think of a better person to win this. Mo, I'm going to go with Hugh Jackman as Logan. It was no country for old mutants. If this was Hugh Jackman's last performance as Wolverine, I, which I really hope it is, because I don't see any other way he can top his performance in that film. The level of emotion, the pain, you know, every time he popped his claws, the fact that he has been through these constant mutant wars and mutant struggles, and all he wants is just a bit of peace. He wants to take care of his quote-unquote parent figure, Charles Xavier, but you know now he's saddled with a clone of his he didn't, he didn't know existed, and now he has to try to struggle to teach her to control her rage while he's dealing with his own rage and emotional issues and, and trying to process the lifestyle that he's lived. It's a very riveting movie. It's it's a very power it's not what you would again consider like a traditional superhero movie, but it really is about, you know, a character who has gone through so much but is reflecting on their own mortality. It was a very powerful movie and um Hugh Jackman deserves this. You had me until you said you want it to be his last. Knowing that Marvel is now going to be reuniting the X-Men and the Avenger universe under Disney, I agree. Logan was a fantastic movie. He did a phenomenal job in the film. But I need a Wolverine and Iron Man and Spider-Man buddy movie. I'm sorry, I just need it. I, I have to have Tony Stark 
as Robert Downey Jr., along with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in a movie, and then throw in Spider-Man. It just has to happen. Um, my male entertain film entertainer of 2017 is Chris Hemsworth from Thor Ragnarok. The character of Thor is not actually probably my favorite. Tony Stark is of the Avengers Cinematic Universe. But this year, Chris Hemsworth, I don't know if it was the fact that they switched up the style of Thor Ragnarok to make it more Guardians of the Galaxy feeling or what it was. But by embracing the comedy while still having the action, it allowed Chris Hemsworth to play such a wide range that... For the first time, like in the Avengers movies and in the first couple Thor movies, he was just sort of a really pretty hot hunk of meat with, the, I mean, that's blonde. But this one really seemed to bring out the like Chris Hemsworth in this film. So for me, he's my male entertainer. It's the only movie that I watched at least three times in the theaters. And as someone who very rarely goes to a movie more than once in the theater, it's going to be very high on my list. Um, I did have honorable mentions uh, for female uh, film entertainer Kate Blanchett and Thor Ragnarok. That is what you call some good scenery chewing. She came in there, ate that place alive, and I was there for every single minute of it. Uh, my uh, male um, film entertainer honorable mention was Hugh Jackman in Logan. Which brings us to the best and worst movies of 2017. Mel, what did you pick? Um, for best best movie. movie, we've talked about it all podcast people. It's Wonder Woman. This was the one that I literally sat in the theater with my mouth open, like, oh my god, that was so amazing. Did this all just happen? The cast was fantastic. I loved the story. You got to see the Amazons. Can we just point out that Robin freaking Wright is like the top Amazon, and she's amazing. Um, so come on, I. It couldn't be anything else other than Wonder Woman. It had all the buzz, and it did not let you down. I loved it. Wonder Woman. Dan? Uh, for me, you already know which one I'm going to be going with. It was 2017. came out in March. Power Rangers did the thing. And I was there for it i was so scared going into the movie i'm like this isn't gonna be good there's no way they produce a good movie and then they proved me wrong and did anyways and i am they're on the bubble for a sequel it's not looking great um but it's it was it was such a good qual it was the movie fans kind of always wanted uh, in a certain way, and it's something that I'll always take away from, you know, the franchise as a whole. Uh, it couldn't be anything else uh, but Power Rangers. There is nothing better than going to a movie that is the culmination of a childhood dream or a, or a, a franchise that you're passionate about, going in not sure if they're going to fuck it up and come out thinking, oh, I love this movie. I'm so happy for you in 2017. I appreciate that. Mo, who do you? What do you have as best movie of 2017? Again, it's it's Wonder Woman for me. I, I mean, like you just said about the culmination of childhood dreams and and the fears that they're not gonna get it right. And for me, it I'd had I wasn't sure 
with regard to Wonder Woman, what I was going to get. Tra- I enjoyed the trailers, the press and everything, made it seem like it was coming together. But again, we've con- we've gone down this road with Suicide Squad and um, Batman versus Superman, more, more so Batman versus Superman than Suicide Squad. But this movie, it left me feeling something powerful. Just I'd watch something that just really moved me. And and it, it made me feel like just as a as a comic book fan, as a DC comic book fan in particular, that, that they can make quality films. They can tell films that have a lot of heart, that have a lot of story to it, that have engaging characters. And Wonder Woman did all those things for me. I saw Wonder Woman in the theaters multiple times, and I don't regret doing that. And I really, really enjoy that film. And and again, I, I just really look forward to the sequel, and I hope that getting this uh, Gal Gadot can, will continue to play the character f- for a long time to come. Wonder Woman is also my best movie of 2017. I thought that it was fantastic for everything that Mo and Mel have said. My only caveat to it is that I thought that the final villain fight, the CGI in it was bad. But if that's the biggest gripe that I have with it, then I'm not doing too bad because there were other things where CGI was much worse. The worst movie of 2017 in geekdom. Mel. I'm probably going to get it for this, but I don't really care. Uh, for this one, for, it was more like the most disappointing movie, and that had to be Justice League. Because I remember sitting in the theater after it finished like, oh, that's it? This is what I've been waiting for this whole time? I mean, I felt like Jason Momoa as Aquaman really shined. Of course, Wonder Woman really shined. But other than that, uh, y'all could have kept it because I don't really enjoy Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, I said it and I'll say it again. I don't enjoy him as Batman. I wish they would figure out what's going on with Superman. I mean, granted, I kind of like him, but then I don't really. And I didn't like that whole story of how Superman came back. We had to put him in the amniotic fluid from Krypton and all. Uh, uh, y'all could have kept all that. Um, I didn't too much like the villain and uh, the Flash. Uh, uh, that's all I have to say about that. It just, it was disappointing to me and sometimes I feel like being disappointing is a lot more than just being trash for a bad movie so that's what I got okay okay Dan um I'm gonna make the rules up as I go in spirit of the podcast and say that half of this is just half of all of you mm, things up. half of the Justice League movie was terrible. And I'm going to be like looking over at Zack Snyder as, you know, the blame because the Joss Whedon parts were pretty OK. I feel like I feel like the levity added and the some of the scene changes that reflect like a more coherent story and the character moments that allow you to kind of get to know people a little bit better. Uh, that was pretty good. And I know that's not Zack Snyder. So, um, I'm, 
in spirit of that, I'm really looking forward to the solo Aquaman movie. I'm really looking forward to anything in the future that they do with Cyborg or The Flash. Um, and Wonder Woman 2, obviously. Um, I, I'm not looking forward to anything Batman-related. I just want them to stop with Batman. This week, news broke out that uh, Jared Leto's back for Suicide Squad 2. So that's no! Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. That was my thoughts, too. I, you know, it's just, ugh, it's all bad. Um, So, yeah, can we cool it with Superman and Batman, please? I agree. I think that they could come up with a couple other characters for the Justice League. Maybe fix Green Lantern. Hey, just saying. Mo, worst movie of 2017. We just need to retitle this category, Biggest Disappointment. Again, I'm... With my co-host, it's Justice League for me. It goes back to this whole damn thing about the culmination of childhood dreams. Again, this for me, as a DC fan, is the culmination of my dreams. I watched those old Justice League card child. I watched on Saturday mornings Superpowers, okay, and Super Friends. And I this was I was expecting that. This was not that. I was not. I was expecting the the Justice League cartoon from the Cartoon Network. This was nowhere near that. Okay, in terms of just tone and and how the characters interacted with them. My main problems is is is, is Mel indicated one of the biggest issues with the film was the villain. Why in the world was did we use Stephen Wolf? Stephen Wolf was a disciple of Darkseid. They should have brought in Darkseid. Um, I did not really have a problem with how they brought back Superman because it was in keeping with the Death of Superman comic series. But just the, the it, my biggest issue was the tone and how the characters interacted with each other. It was just bad. I mean, we didn't need them clashing the way they do. You know, these are superheroes, okay? The Avengers got over that bullshit a whole lot quicker than the folks and members of Justice League, okay? Um and the Justice League are supposed to be the Pentagon, the super team we're supposed to look up to at a, uh, even higher than the Avengers. It just was not there. Um, this was a very disappointing movie for me. Um, I'm curious to see what, what, what DC will take their franchises next, but they really need to work, work out these movies and how these characters relate to one another. My worst movie of 2017 is one that I was really looking forward to more so than even Justice League. And that is because I am such a fan of The Fifth Element. The Fifth Element is one of my all-time favorite shows I, or movies. I will watch it anytime it is on. I own it on DVD. I think I may own it on a, like one of the digital streaming services. And I will pretty much watch it at any time. So when Valerian, the City of a Thousand Planets was announced and the trailer came out and it looked like it was going to be this smorgasbord of visuals, much like the fifth element. And it's coming from uh, Luc Besson, who has done, who is responsible for Nikita, like, like La Femme Nikita, which brought La Femme Nikita television show, which spawned the Nikita television show the Taken franchise, the Transporter franchise, with the exception of Transporter 2, 1, and 3. I love Transporters. This film was such a massive disappointment. The, the story was disjointed. The visuals were stunning. 
but the the characters were miscast there was something that went on with rihanna that was i i still don't know what i think about it after all this time but it involved her i mean it it was just i was like come on i'm so ready for a something like fifth element to break out and inspire me the same way that fifth element has made it so that i just love that film and i'm like okay he can do it again and he didn't and it was just like like mo said maybe this should be most disappointing um category instead of worst movie but it was just a massive disappointment for me um biggest moments of 2017 in geekdom this can be television film gaming technology whatever the case may be what was the best of geekdom for you when Kalisa came rolling in on those dragons and birthed up jamie lannister and his army oh my god it was amazing <laughs> i just that whole scene blew me away because you finally get to see the dragons using their firepower. I mean, we've seen glimpses here, there, before, in other seasons, but this is the first time we have seen total destruction and Khaleesi riding on top of her dragons. It was amazing. Sometimes I just go back and watch that scene just because, because it's so good. Dan, best of Geek Uh, It was a lot of good stuff. Um, Game of Thrones, obviously, getting to immerse myself in that world was super great, but this season in particular was also pretty good. Uh, Crisis on Earth X was fantastic. Uh, Power Rangers movie, fantastic. Uh, Wonder Woman, Last Jedi, Defenders. Like, we, it was a pretty good year to be a geek. And I, you know, you can't always say that, but this year, pretty good. So you didn't have one. No, no. I just had a list of things because we make the rules up as we go. Mm. (laughs) No, I make the rules Mm. up as we go. You guys are not entitled to that. Uh, Mo, (laughs) what was your best of Geekdom in 2017? Um, I have to go with Jodie Whittaker being announced as the new Doctor Who. I always love years in which it's a regeneration year, and, and, and this was no exception, partially because... For the first time, we're going to end up with a female doctor, and we needed change in in the lead role of this of this franchise. Um, and you know, Luke, you and I could get into a Skeletor debate, but you know, I I I I there is no debate that that is not a debate. It's well, yeah, but, but Capaldi, Capaldi, I have Capaldi is is okay as a doctor, but I I do think that in this era, I think. He came in. He did. He did his time. He was a fan of the show. He he gracefully has moved on, and we're getting something really different. And I hope that the show takes a real hard look and and more or less rebuilds itself based on these new opportunities and new and and new things that they can explore with a lead who is different than what they've had for over fifty years. So. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Jodie Whittaker's first episodes, which unfortunately won't debut until uh, fall of this year. But, you know, I'm I'm here for another ride in the TARDIS. Okay. My best of geekdom for 2017 was the announcement of Battle for Azeroth by Blizzard Entertainment, the World of Warcraft next expansion. Um, 
I have wanted to play. I mean, I casually game. I enjoy that. I'm not great at first person shooter, but I play Overwatch. I have played World of Warcraft for maybe seven, eight years. I enjoy it. But I've always wanted to play as Andalori Troll as a character. I'm getting it. The expansion looks like it's fun. I got caught up in the moment at BlizzCon. And I'm really looking forward to it. So for me, that was best of Geekdom because it was sort of personal this year, in part because of the experience. Um, but I'll be getting more into that with my biggest moment. Uh, worst of Geekdom. Them doggone Marvel and humans, for reasons we've already talked about. Dad Pierce, who made me watch that foolishness. I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. That's how bad it was. And those thespians, and I use that term lightly, on that show. <laughs> I, I suddenly realized that I left Marvels and Humans off my list, but Marvels and Humans was in fact the worst of geekdom. And now I understand all of the Ramsey Bolton references that you guys were making when we reviewed it. He's really great on Game of Thrones, right? He's a fantastic Yeah, on Game, on Game of Thrones, he's great. On Marvels and Humans, it felt like, I, I don't know. They, they you didn't... could just see how annoyed he was. He was just like, I used to be in Westeros. Ugh. Ugh. The food service had a bigger budget <laughs> on Game of Thrones than Marvel's Agents of yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And then there was the... Did you, what did you have? I, you know, I, I, the Zack Snyder half of Justice League. I had Iron Fist. I thought this was sort of like, uh, like a culmination category. So, which is why they're. No, can't be. We make the rules up as we go along, right? Go right on, Dan. No, I make the rules up. Hey, 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 stay in your lane. We, you know, this is my turn. Uh, oh. Uh huh. (laughs) Anyway, so, and also like production problems. Uh, between what was going on with the DC films and Solo, a Star Wars movie or whatever it's going to be called, uh, with Ron Howard and you know the the Miller and Lord situation, uh, just a lot of problems. Iron Fist is just generally bad. Um, I don't know if that's a controversial statement, but it's not. It's not good. But yeah, no, Inhumans. Inhumans hurt. And uh, I I blame Luke. As much as Mel blames me, I actually blame Luke. So there's that. Works for me. It's always Luke's fault. So it's uh, fine. You do not get to you do not get to blame anybody but yourself, <laughs> Dan. Uh, Mo, who do you what who or what do you well, have? Picking as up on the, the theme that everybody else has brought up, I I'm going to go with Marvel, but in a different context. I'm going to say Marvel did have a terrible, horrible, very bad year. Um, on the comic side, it was clashes with retailers about whether or not diversity uh, was the cause for uh, poor sales. The Secret Empire crossover in which Captain America was actually more or less Captain Nazi. Um, the North Grumman comic book promotion, which was just like, it, it was just not... It, it, that was just a horrible, um, a horrible PR nightmare. 
Marvel's new uh, Marvel Comics new uh, editor in chief, uh, C.B. Sabolsky, uh, when he was announced, it, it was also revealed he came out and said that he was posing as a Japanese comic creator called Akira Yoshida back in the 2000s. I do remember this man. Uh, I do remember uh, reading some comics written by Akira Yoshida um, in which they were supposed to the. the the uh, creator claimed that he was very, uh, he was a Japanese person and that he was in, in putting in a lot of Japanese cultural context into his comics. Just, and that's just not even touching upon like in humans and iron fists and that t- type of thing. They, Marvel just had a horrible, disastrous uh, nightmare in terms of PR in 2017. My worst of geekdom for 2017 is Apple slowing down their phones. Because I have a six, uh, iPhone 6S. I plan on getting a uh, 10. Had planned to wait a while before I did it, though. And the moment they upgraded the operating system on my phone for the release of the iPhone X, my battery went from lasting 8, 12 hours a day, whatever it was, to losing 40 to 50% of my battery in an hour. And I spent the better part of a week on tech support with Apple trying to find out what was going on as other people on social media were also complaining about the fact that their battery problems there were battery problems with the update and the response i got had a very t- helpful tech guy who was very solicitous in taking down everything and sending it to the tech team and everything that guy was perfect but the tech team came back and said oh no it's um, it's just your battery and it's covered under standard warranty and you'll just have to get a new battery and pay for it yourself. And so it's very interesting when all of a sudden there's an announcement towards the end of the year, a few months after the release of the iPhone X that, hmm, they went and slowed things down and it specifically had a cause for battery impact and now they're trying to charge me $30 for a new battery when they did it with the software when prior to this I had a perfectly fine battery with no charging issues whatsoever. So yes, that is my worst of geekdom because it's I wasted a lot of time on something that they did intentionally. Which brings us to the biggest moment of 2017 in geekdom. Mel. For me, it was that Black Panther trailer. I cannot explain to y'all how it felt to see that trailer, to see so many top-notch A-list actors in this story full of people that look like me. I I don't even... I, there are no words for it. It's amazing to see, and it really overwhelms me. I cannot wait for that movie. It's going to be fantastic just to see it. It, the hype behind it is amazing. I don't even... Whew, it gets me. It really does. It gets to me. I That movie's going to be great. Everyone go see it like 12 times because I am. But yeah, Black Panther trailer. I've already got um, plans with multiple friends to go see it. Um, I'm planning on buying my ticket this week for it. Um, and so apparently the pre-sales for the Black Panther film are al- already the most, they've broken the record as the most for any Marvel film to date. So think about that for a second. We're over, like, what, six weeks out mm-hmm. or four mm-hmm. weeks out, somewhere in there. Pretty impressive. Dan, biggest moment of 2017 uh, for, for me, you. it was kind of 
this is spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. So if you haven't seen Star Wars, you know what to do. Um, the death of Luke Skywalker for me, like I, I didn't realize how big of an impact it would be until I watched it a second time and was like, wow, he's he he he's gone like this character that was like a haunting figure in uh the force awakens and is like a main a main character in the last jedi and even like a person that not only a person but like a vehicle for the audience to put themselves into this fantastical world of space adventure and uh political like just strife and being a rebel and standing up for what you believe in and stuff like that, that vehicle is no more. And he has been like, there were memes when Disney bought, um, Disney bought Lucas and was like, if I have to watch Luke Skywalker die on screen, the things I will do. Um, and, we, we had to watch it. And for that to occur, that's just mind-blowing to me. And I, you know, it's something difficult to process because it's one of those things where it goes beyond generations, you know. It goes to my, like, my parents and, you know, them going to the movies when they were in the 70s, you know, things like that, where it's just it, it affects so many different people that I don't necessarily think that they thought of all of that when they decided to do it. You know, that that makes you question that um, I, I, I don't necessarily I'm, I'm not against the decision. It's just one of those things where that 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 pressing that button to is it, there's a lot of responsibility behind it and it you know it's a it's something you don't do lightly and for me that in of itself is the biggest moment of 2017 in geekdom mo how about um you? well i no i don't got to tie in this category but i do have a runner up for biggest moment i've got to go with seeing the late carrie fisher on my screen as general leia organa in Star Wars, The Last Jedi, it was very moving because this wasn't, you know, a CGI Princess Leia like we got in Rogue One. This was the real deal. And, you know, 2017, there was a lot of things that Carrie Fisher, projects that Carrie Fisher had worked on before, prior to her passing that were on television that I had seen. And this, as far as I know, is the last thing that is to be released featuring her. And honestly, that kind of brought a tear to my, especially um, when the movie ended and feeling like this movie, The Last Jedi, did a, a wonderful job of setting up you know, uh, General Leia to take the rebellion in a, whole, in a totally new, different direction. And really everything, the responsibility would be put on her the next movie, and she would literally be carrying the next movie. And unfortunately, she passed. And we're not going to be able to have Carrie Fisher, unless, God forbid, they do CGI or something, um, take a very active role in the next film. And 
for me that it just it just left it was just a very it just I just felt very sad and and very empty at the end of seeing Last Jedi because of that that aspect. Um, my runner up is like Mel said that Black Panther trailer. When I saw it, it was like the Holy Ghost that woke in me. It was like church, and every time I watch a Black Panther trailer, I catch the spirit, and I just cannot wait for Black Panther to come out next month. It is going to be off the chain. And just as a note, everybody watch it on opening weekend, Friday or Saturday, because that is an episode we will be recording promptly on Sunday. Just notating it for future reference. My biggest moment of 2017 was BlizzCon 2017. It was the first time that I had been to the gaming convention. Um, It was an amazing experience. I went there with wonderful friends. I met many new uh, wonderful people who I'm happy to say I consider friends. The gaming environment, the release or the announcement of Battle for Azeroth, the characters that I, the class, the characters that I'm going to be able to play, or I should say the races that I'm going to be able to play, seeing the Overwatch competition going on, and just being immersed in that environment was definitely my biggest moment of 2017. Uh, We would encourage you to share your thoughts on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. You can find Mel at Melody Eagles. Dan is Real Dan Pierce. And Mo is Dr. Mo 77. As always, you can find me at Luke underscore Kerr. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all.